couple of massage therapists, he's like, how come I have to listen to you speak the whole time? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm like, dude. But every once in a while, I'll get somebody who's like, I don't want to talk. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be the longest hour ever. Right. Get undressed, get under the sheets. Ooh, you're in for a treat. No, I promise this is not a dream. It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen. On the table today, I have Sean Pulaski. Yay! Yay! It's good Hi. to be here. <laughs> kind of naked. Kind of naked. Yay! Okay, so I, like I said, I've been thinking about this all day long. Okay. Because I do have a confession. You killed John Benet Ramsey? I did. <laughs> There's always one. I did, because she was blonde and pretty and, pretty <laughs> and whatever. Good. We can finally sleep at night, because <laughs> that mystery is just, that just, it, 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 it pulls on my heartstrings. <laughs> well, this might pull as well. I don't know if you remember, but probably about a year ago, there was a couple in the front row at the original room. Yes. And you asked them how they kept their marriage alive. Yes. And the chubby but adorable wife decided to say pegging. I remember that. Proceeded to take the microphone from your hand and explain what pegging was to the whole audience. Was that you? Yeah. <laughs> God, I knew you looked familiar. <laughs> and I thought it's just because I had seen you at the store. Uh-huh. And when I ran into you the other night, I thought, oh, my gosh. And when you asked me to do this podcast, I thought, oh, you know, fellow comedian. But that is the reason why I remember your face. <laughs> That was almost the night I got divorced. Well, because <laughs> why? He didn't want you to talk about the Peggy. No, he was like, I mean, really? pegging's a thing. Howard Stern talks about it all the time. He was like, Joy. Because I, okay, so what happened is I wrote a pegging joke, like pretty much that day. Uh huh. And I was telling him about it, and he's like, I don't want you to tell that joke when I'm in the audience. He's like, I don't care if you do it at open mics and I'm uh -huh. not there. And so when you were like, what keeps your marriage together? And I was like, Peggy! <laughs> it was so funny. And he was, oh my God. And then the whole night, like Bobby Lee and all of them were like, oh, you look like a big tough man. And then the whole audience is like giggling. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, he gets pegged though. And you know, I'm those are one of those moments though that I, I really do appreciate. You know, when people be like, oh, did you remember when <laughs> this and that? And through, you know, like 18 years of performing, I, I totally remember that moment. Like it was yesterday. <laughs> they you know, liked for it. sure. I mean, your husband, I'm not quite sure did, but... <laughs> He you know what you're throwing me off is that you're throwing the way you described yourself. You're like, well, there was this like this this chubby woman, like the way you just described yourself. That's why I was like, well, it wasn't going to be her. <laughs> but me. I remember, okay, so it was obviously someone I talked to. But then how could this be her? But then, but I do remember you saying Peggy now. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. And then I was like going home, and I'm all, did I really take the microphone from her hand? Like who does that? Oh, I don't mind at all. You know, that's 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 what I embrace. I mean, it's the reason why they put me on first, the comics, or not only because it's the vagina spot, but it is it is you know my skill is working with the audience. And when someone hands me comedy gold such as you did, I mean, I knew what pegging was, but you know, right. you have to play with that moment. And there are people in the audience who don't. Yes. And you really made their night memorable because of that. I mean, you put yourself out there. And it was funny. 
And I enjoyed it. And if if I'm enjoying myself on stage, it's a rarity. So Is it really? Thank you for that. No, I mean I do, but I think, you know, comics are tortured souls. So when we get up there and you know, maybe sometimes you're overthinking or sometimes you're not. Sometimes I just I really don't overthink it and I don't care. It just depends how my day's been. And especially in a room like the original room, when you know it's a hard I I believe that's the hardest room in town. I agree. And um, I, I think sometimes, you know, you just you just got to be confident in your uh, in and, and, you know, your um, what's the word I'm looking for? Why am I blanking in uh, in your performance and in your presentation? And if you don't have that, then, you know, you're, you're going to crumble in that room. And sometimes if things aren't, you know, there's a debtor audience. And mm-hmm. since this comedy store is haunted, too, you can kind of see it right away. You're like, oh, God, this audience is just going to make me work. And. When it's nights like that, it's so fun to have, like, the pianist Jeff Scott there. I love him. Because, you know, I can turn to that queen and I'd be like, hey, Jeff, is this show over yet? You know, and he'll be like, not yet, Sean. And I'd be like, I'm exhausted. And I'm like, this, is, this isn't going well, is it, Jeff? He's like, it's not, Sean. And I'm like, should I end my career now, Jeff? Is it over? He's like, it's over. But I, I think you should keep going, you know. And I'm like, thanks for the encouragement, Jeff. I think I'll, st- I'll keep doing it, you know. So... <laughs> It, it, it's that room anything can happen so uh i very pleased now that you put because when i i saw you the other night i just was like i really know her face well but it's probably just because i see her around here so thank you for placing because you know the older you get your memory gets a little foggy but i i exactly remember that moment oh yeah i get it i like i said i turned 37 on saturday happy birthday thank you well i love when you told me earlier you're like oh i'm a really loyal person and I was about to ask you, I was like, she must be a Leo. And then uh, Cancer's a loyal too, though. Yes, but mm-hmm. I'm like stalker loyal. Like you can't, like, you can't I love that. Me. That's, you know what? That's that's a good trait. It a lot is. of people have no loyalty, and especially in, in comedy, forget about it. That is very hard. That's a lesson I'm learning as we speak right mm-hmm. now because people were like, oh yeah, I'll get you on a show. And they're not loyal. And I'm also one of those, I have to be on time or I will stress out if I'm late which mm-hmm. you just saw mm-hmm. so it's a hard because a lot of comedians are so lack I'll walk through fire for you that's how I am but I also have a problem if you know you cross me and it just and you show your disloyalty especially as a friend you, oh my god you get the pink slip you're dead to me really dead Oh dead God. and the people don't know that side about me really because i mean my close friends do but as a person i'm just i try and be as nice and kind to people as i can be because i just i really value human life and and i think it's important to be nice to people i agree but see i'll give you as many chances like i have sidewalk tattooed across my forehead which is why i stay the size that i am because you know it's nice and soft to step on me i'm like here like step right here where my spleen is Mm -hmm. you know it'll give your foot massage but how about like with your husband are my tits just hanging out here i have giant boobs and (laughs) It's uncontrollable, and I, so I'm sorry if they just, like, pop out, because I'm just... <laughs> see, mine pop out because I let them. I'm like, here, look at these. It's the only thing I got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but me, for me, I mean, even when I lose weight, my my tits just stay like watermelons. Mine I mean, I've never, I've never seen anything like it. I'm like, it's, it's, can you just go down, like a bra size, anything? No, my... I lost 70 pounds. Are you kidding? I found it. It's okay. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, my boobs stayed the same size. I'm like, what? Where are we going? But when I was pregnant, I went to a G and my husband still, we still have that bra. He's like, you can't throw that out. I'm like, but that's, that's what I am. You're a G. <laughs> I go between like a, a 32, uh, I, I, I used to be a triple D. That's what I am. Then I, they were getting bigger and I was like, really? I didn't have a baby and I wasn't like, I wasn't gaining a tremendous amount of weight, but yeah, sometimes I have to get a G bra huh. and like, you know how easy those are to find. Yeah. It's like, you know, Victoria's Secret doesn't believe in giant boobs. And it's like you got to go to specialty places or thank God for Nordstrom's. They're the only ones that like provide a decent looking bra that doesn't look like your grandma's for giant boobs. Now there is a place where is, is it? Is it called the Wizard of Bras? Yeah. I've heard of this. There? No, I've heard of it. The Wizard of Bras. I've never been there. but Where is it? It's in the valley somewhere, right? I think so. It's like Burbank. Or... I think so. But what? somebody was like, you gotta go to the Wizard of Bras. Yeah, there's a there's that uh, agent provocateur store, which is like it's the couture of lingerie and bras, and they have for bigger breast women. But the bras are like the bras itself are like five hundred and fifty dollars, and then the the panties to match are like another five hundred. So and unless you got the cash to like provide for that, it's just something that you can look at and admire from afar. Well, see, I don't wear panties, so I'm cool there. I'm like, <laughs> look at oh. you. What's your worries, huh? Right, exactly. <laughs> Everything matches me. Cut to me, my jockey for hers. All right. <laughs> well, guess that's the difference. You peg, and I wear jockey for hers. <laughs> Just for the record, because I know he, I make him listen to every one of these. <laughs> Never peg John. <laughs> threatened him with it um and it all started because i had a i had a really abusive ex-boyfriend oh no yeah whatever and um he i'm pretty sure he was gay but he lived in texas and his dad was a cotton farmer so he wait you had a a gay abusive boyfriend i'm pretty sure he was gay oh my it was like if you don't listen to me i'm gonna play strice and tunes right TV while I was just having fun with him. And I told John about that once and he was like, wait, really? He goes, what'd you deal with that, do with that dildo? And I go, well, actually I threw it in the Goodwill bin because I don't (gasps) know what else to do with it. In the Goodwill bin? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to hell. Now that's like someone picking up used lipstick. I've seen that. I went shopping. Um, you know the the comic Vicky Barbalak? Uh-huh. So, oh my God, when I first met her, she loved thrift stores. So, Shanika, Shanika, come with me. We went to this, I had a gig in Santa Barbara, and we went to this thrift store in Santa Barbara, and she was looking at the used makeup and lipstick. I said, what are you, lipstick? You can't be, like, repurchasing somebody's lipstick. Like, shit goes around. I just, I gave her such a hard time about that. It's It's so funny. She just would drag me out to, to the thrift shops, which I never could get on board with. That whole concept, I'm always in there. If I'm in a thrift store, it's usually looking for like a costume or something last minute for a sketch. But it's never like, you know what I'd really like? I feel like I need a, a nice pair of used shoes or something right. that I just, 
I don't know where everything's getting. And I've given my stuff to, sh- to thrift shops because there are people who do embrace it, who do enjoy it. So. And I wish I could. It's just, one, I'm not a very patient shopper. So to have to go through racks and racks, yeah. oh, that sounds awful to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like my body either, so I don't, yeah, shopping is not fun when you don't like your body. You're just like, oh, is there any, like, burlap sacks around here? Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I don't love my body, but I do, I do enjoy shopping. I find it very cathartic, and when I can, it seems like all the problems in the world go away. But, you know, uh, some people would, would say maybe it's a hobby. I call it a problem. But I, I I enjoy shopping. And I think that the older I get, the the more I start to really, I really love couture's. And I started to look at like designer handbags and appreciate designer shoes. And it's not that I own a lot of that, but I, I do like to look at it thinking like, oh, what if, mm-hmm. you know, one day or, but I, I and, you know, walking down some place like, I mean, I, I lived in Beverly Hills for like 20 years and I just never really looked at all you know, the like Rodeo Drive. Now when I walk down, it's like I find myself going into the stores and actually picking up the item and looking at it and looking at the price and like eyeballing it, dreaming. <laughs> you know what though? I get that because when I did lose all that weight, I was like, yes, and I love to shop. But then, you know, of course. How'd you lose 70 pounds? Um, okay, so it was the day after Mother's Day, after my youngest son. We went to the movies, and my sister-in-law took a picture of me humping a cutout cardboard cutout of Vin Diesel. Because, I mean, that's what you do when right? you see a cardboard cutout of Vin Diesel. Hello. And she showed it to me. And I'm Duh. Like, right, exactly. And I'm like, is that what I look like? And she's like, no, 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 that's just a bad angle. And I'm all, that's a lot of angles. And so I ate horribly that whole day. And then that Monday, I went gluten-free, dairy-free, corn-free. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so the day after Mother's Day until Christmas, I lost 70 pounds. That's a lot of free. Yeah. Okay, so wait, let's go over it. Gluten-free, yes, I I know that. Uh Uh-huh. Dairy-free, I know. And then you went corn-free. Now, what was, how did corn-free get in the mix? Well, corn-free, because anything that has, like, a high fructose corn syrup in it is just a lot of preservative-type food. So, as long as I didn't eat anything that had, like, the high fructose corn syrup, I was getting stuff that was... Which is, like, what? Like, um, any type of salad dressings and just anything that was bad for you really it's like the cereals and uh-huh. everything like that so I just didn't do corn because I guess corn obviously you don't digest it because it comes out the way it goes in yeah and so it's just not good for you and it's just extra calories that you really don't need because right, I, I never heard anyone say I'm corn free so right this is, that, that's a first and I, I mean it went pre- and I just had this willpower like Oh, if I could find that willpower again. I was just so good. And then on Christmas Day, John's stupid aunt made raisin oatmeal cookies, which are my favorite. Yeah. And I had one. And I think by the time New Year's rolled around, I was 10 pounds heavier. Just like everything went in my mouth after that. But it seems like you kept all that off. No. Really? No, I'm a big girl now. Oh, I don't think so. I, I think do. you you need to get a better uh, idea of yourself. You don't, <laughs> you, I don't I don't look at you like that, and you shouldn't look at yourself like that. I don't think anybody looks at you like that. I, I don't know. It's just hard. Do you like how this became like a motivation? <laughs> right. I love it. Oh, my gosh. You I suddenly I became Dr. Phil yeah. no, laying here. No, it's usually us when we're by ourselves. Right. Like, but you're so awesome. 
<laughs> you know, it's hard though, because you go to open mics with these little 20 year olds that call me Mama Joy, and I love you guys, but I'm also 37, so mm -hmm. And they're all skinny, and then you get up on stage, and they're like, oh, I took pictures of you, and I'm like, why would you do that to me? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's the hard part. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, I'm, I am I always laugh anytime the comedy store takes pictures of me from the stage. <laughs> it's the worst. I look like, like Attila the Hun hit, hit the stage. Like, everyone seems to look normal in their pictures. And somehow, so I hate when people take pictures and they don't, like, ask you about it or they just put stuff up there. And I get it. I mean, it's easy to get, like, a body dysmorphia, especially in this town mm -hmm. where everyone is, like, 15 pounds and a lollipop head. Right. And whatever. And, and I mean, that's just, it's not really completely normal, you know? And, and you are. And you're a pretty person. And I think, mm. like, you're seeing yourself a different way and I and I get it I don't I don't look at myself and see anything spectacular and I just want to change everything all the time which is funny because you're adorable and I love your hair oh you're so nice because I don't have a lot uh, you know the way to my heart yeah. just compliment Leo's hair you like my hair you know that's <laughs> hair's everything if you don't have your hair ready to go then like that's even when I was like overseas entertaining the troops and we'd have to be on a black hawk at four in the morning I would get up at like 2 a.m. I would do my hair in like a tiny compact mirror Aww. with like my curl I would whatever I could do to figure anything out just so I could have my hair done and if my hair's not done then the whole world's gonna pay for it like mm -hmm. if something if it's not going right then I'm gonna be angry that's always been like that's Number one important, like, first thing for me to get ready is if I didn't even, I mean, a face is nice to have on, too. I'm not the one to, like, roll out with no makeup on. That's not my, that's not my game. People make fun of me. I am that person that goes to the gym with some makeup on, and I don't care. You can right. say all you want to me, but I run into people. I don't need to scare anybody. Yeah. Like, this is it. There's nothing all natural going on here, and you're just going to have to deal with it. And I've been like that since a kid. My mom was that way, too. I was kind of that way. It's just I don't have a lot of hair. I have, like, ridiculously thin, fine hair. Yeah, so. I have a, I have really thin hair. You would not believe it. I don't. But I, I put a lot of product in it. I put a gel, and then it, it, it makes it thicker. Then I have, like, when I, I curl it every day, because I have really straight, thin hair. Like, I look like kind of Axl Rose back in the day. If I put on a headband, like a... <laughs> A handkerchief <laughs> over my head. A bandana, not a handkerchief. One of my 900. If I put a bandana over my head and I, my hair's straight, I can do a serious Axl Rose impression like none other. But I don't believe it. I don't let a lot of people see that. I mean, my husband really didn't know I had straight hair for a long time. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I curl it. I tease it. I spray it. I mean, you just got to... Thin hair is no fun. It's not. It sucks. And then people are like, oh my God, I have so much hair. I'm like, huh, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. It's so it's just about, it's just about product. Because I see Eleanor too. Eleanor's hair is, I'm like, man, I'm, how? But I also don't have a lot of patience to do my hair. Yeah. That's, well, that's, yeah, that's gotta, I, I have a lot of patience, so. I have to. Because I have three boys. Like I don't Oh my gosh, you have three? I have three boys. How old are they? Seventeen, twelve, and seven. Seventeen? He's my stepson. 
Okay, I was but, like, when, when did he come out? <laughs> um, but I've been around him since he was three. He's mine. Three boys. Yes. Gosh, that's a handful. It's something special. How are you even standing right now? I don't know. <laughs> like, boys are hard. I've always said this. Like, usually they're good as, they're easier as children than they are as, I mean, they're easier as teens than they are as children. And then it's reverse for girls. I always, you know, my friends that have boys, we were three girls in my family and then my mom had a boy. Mm -hmm. But to watch people with all boys, it's, ooh. It's hard. It's a lot of work. And then, like, the oldest has a girlfriend now, and it's a lot of drama. I'm like, I don't like it. Because I was so used to, okay, boys, yeah, they're going to break things. Yeah, we don't have nice things in our house. Right. Everything's plastic. Right. And that was kind of, like, they're wild. There's video games everywhere. They're going to yeah. wear underwear when they get home. That's yeah. their thing. Yeah. But it was kind of like, okay, that's how life is. And then she came in the picture, and it, like, changed, and he's on the phone all the time and he's grumpy it's it's a whole different dynamic I'm like okay I don't want girls in the picture do you so like her I liked her at first because she had a lot of drive uh -huh. she has her pilot's license she was taking night classes in college while she was high school and I'm like yes like girl power and then her and Tyler really got serious and then she stopped taking night classes she hasn't been up in a plane since she got her license and she kind of just stopped and they don't have any friends it's just them in their own little bubble uh -huh. and it makes me sad because I'm like you guys are letting things go just so you can be together right and so and you know Don is, is <laughs> Don Barris likes to tell me every time he sees me, he's like, you know what your son's doing right now, right? Like, what? <laughs> you know he's fucking right now. Ah, oh, God. No. Don, always putting everybody's mind at ease. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don called him once on the Ding Dong show. He called <laughs> Tyler, and he's like, hey, Tyler, how you doing? And I'm like, please Please stop. And he's like, yeah, I got your parents here. And um, we just want to know if you... Oh, first of all, he goes, what's your girlfriend's name? And Tyler goes, Jade. And then I whispered to the audience, the whore. And then Tyler, he goes, how's Jade? Like, what's her attitude? And he's like, well, she's sassy. She's got opinions. And I'm like, she's a bitch. And... He's like, well, your parents are here, and they just want to know if you and her have taken it to the next level. And this is all on YouTube, and I'm, ugh. And, you know, they really, really want you to say yes. Like, they really want you to say that you've had sex. And I'm looking at him like, please stop, please stop, please stop. And then he's like, so what is it, Tyler? And Tyler goes, I don't know. <laughs> and the whole audience was like, ah, he's not a virgin anymore. Your I son. Don't, I don't know. Oh, that poor kid. Oh, I know. Put on the spot. Yeah. And then Don hands me the microphone back and he's like, okay, continue to do your set. Oh, huh? Like funny words, punchline, setup. I don't, what? Does, does, is he close with the other boys or are, are the two boys uh, younger than him closer or are they, do they all get along? They all get along. I mean, they're all brothers. So they all, you know, they get annoyed with each other, but we wrote, we, we rose to them. We rose to them. We raised them where it was just, these are the two, these are your brothers. This yeah. is all. And I always tell the kids, cause I'm not a good mom. I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And you guys are all you're going to have. So you better make it and you better love each other because I'm going to be gone. 
probably isn't the best thing to tell your kids, but yeah. No, you're, you, you know what? You have a point there, though. That's, it's, it's smart. It's true because it's hard. You know, you want to raise a close family. And, and when a parent, if you've experienced that, I experienced that this year. Yeah, My mom got really sick out of the blue and, and passed away. And it was, uh, it just, it took a, it took a toll on my family. So, uh, you know, that's, I think that's a really, you know, my mom used to say, you know, these are your sisters and your brother. You got to love one another. There's nothing, you know, closer than a sister or a brother. So I think it's the right mentality. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you, I was there one night when you played (laughs) the voicemail of your mom. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, on stage. That was so cute. I know. I You know, when I changed phones, I accidentally lost that email, that voicemail. I had saved oh. it for so long, and it kills me that it just, I never thought to email it to myself, and I lost it. And I regret that, you know, right. to this day, especially when she passed. I just, I think about how funny, how funny she was, and always taught me to appreciate comedy and she had a great sense of humor but yeah i thought that was such a funny i mean my mom did leave funny voicemails that's how my mom is yeah i think that's what my why moms are on this earth to leave funny voicemails oh i think so too usually my mom's messages are crazy she'll be in a store like so i found a new kind of spice it's a rub i think like they've got a whole bunch of different kinds there's this one i think that your husband would really like that one but your dad would like this one better because it doesn't have so much of a bite and she just goes on and on (laughs) describing them which one should i get and i'm like you're in utah i don't (laughs) i don't actually care (laughs) see all of my mom's voicemail messages start with Hi, sissy. It's me, mom. Yep. And then she stops and waits like I'm an answer, like it's an answering machine. Yep. And I'm like, mom, and she has a cell phone. Uh huh. She knows it's a voicemail, uh-huh. but she still waits. Like, hi, sissy, sissy. And I'm like, mm, mom. <laughs> Were you guys like so shocked? Do your your parents text? Yes. And so my mom would write texts like a letter. <laughs> you know, dear Sean, comma. Oh, and yeah. then, you know, it was love, mom, like a letter. Yeah. Love, comma, mom, in letter form. My mom does that. And like with uh, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. See, my dad is the texter, but my dad's also Eeyore. So he's like, Hi, sissy. Am I ever going to get to see my grandkids again? Me and mom are just sitting here dying by ourselves and nobody's... <laughs> oh, my gosh. And they're in Utah? No, my parents are in Madeira. That's here. That's in California, right? Yeah, Fresno. Oh, Fresno. Yeah. So how often do you take them to see the... Uh, pretty often. And actually, they're going pretty soon, right before summer is going to end. They're going to go spend a week with grandma and grandpa. So we will be at the store every night. Because that's what we do. God. Oh, my God. I. <laughs> you sure you don't want to go to, like, Hawaii or something? No. Okay. No. I that's like what... the store. I love the store. I love being embraced in the store. Yeah, it, it sucks you in. It, it does. It, it really, there is no place like it. It's, it, it definitely feels... It feels like it, it's a, well, for me, it's a home. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't feel that way at any other club. Now, did you ever get to meet Mitzi? Uh, not only did I meet Mitzi, she passed me, and uh, I was... Uh, Joy just came. I did. Uh, yeah, Mitzi, Mitzi was extraordinary. I remember showcasing 
in front of her at the comedy store in La Jolla, which I was very lucky because she was looking for women to put in the belly room shows upstairs uh-huh. to bring the belly room back to life. And I, I thought to myself, oh, you know, I'm, I was lucky I wasn't showcasing at the L.A. comedy store because when she would sit in the back of the room and on showcase night, comics would come up to her uh-huh. and cock block whoever was on stage to keep them from passing. And so when she came to see me in La Jolla, nobody was there to do that to me. Nice. And I didn't get just three minutes. I got ten minutes. Oh. And I was told, you know, one of two things. She'll stop you if she wants to pass you or she ignores you. Uh-huh. So I got done with my set and I walked past her and she put her hand out. And, uh, you know, and she, I, I guess she appreciated my Barbara Streisand impression. And she said, Barbara, you're funny. No. And uh, I knew, you know, what had happened there. And I knew I got past. And uh, I drove home so elated that night. You know, usually I get tired driving at night. But I drove a car full of, like, friends, some big SUV car my friend had come down. In, and they'd all had drinks. So I drove home just elated, uh-huh. going over that moment in my head. And then she started putting me up. And if it wasn't for Mitzi Shore, I wouldn't be anywhere. I wouldn't. I, I owe everything to her. I love that. And I got invited to her 80th birthday party. Oh. And that was, it was just, it was incredible. It was just, I can't even explain what an honor, you know, it was to be at her house with maybe about 30 people uh-huh. and like Jim Carrey walked in and he now he kneeled down at her feet and started crying mm. you know I mean it was just she was celebrated and I would go visit with her once in a while and sit with her and I always sent her like Hanukkah and Passover cards and I knew she liked uh she liked black licorice oh. and I'd always bring her a big thing of black licorice and um and then I, I saw her two days before she passed, and she lived she lived near me. So Jeff Scott and I were very lucky to get in. You know, we reached out to her caregiver, and and I know her family, and uh, they really weren't letting people in, and somehow they let us in to sit down with her. And she she was very present. She could you know, mm-hmm. under she was listening, and I just told her everything I needed to say to her. And I, I felt like she had more time. She was very resilient. And uh, I just told her everything. And uh, when we got to leave, they, you know, our caregiver said, oh, the, she's crying. Oh. And that, that, you know, just hurt. It hurt my soul. But uh, I let her know how important she was to me. And just, you know, this year was not my favorite year with, with uh, people passing. And it was hard. I felt like I lost two mothers this year. Right. And it was like one on top of the other. Ugh. But I will I will never forget which what she has done for me and uh, how great that club is. I love that. I, yeah, cuz I started when I started going to the store, I didn't even do I didn't even think about stand up and then I started watching and I'm like, "I 
that is what I want to do. Yeah. And then I started researching it because I'm a super nerd. So I researched like the comedy store and then I found out about Mitzi and then I read, John and I read like every book we could possibly get our hands on about her. And I I named one of my dogs Mitzi Short because she's a chihuahua. That's cute. So I, I was like, she's my hero. And everybody's like, yeah, but she wasn't the nicest person. I'm like, well, no hero should be. Like, she was human. She was. You know, I told her um, there was a time where I, I got banned from the comedy store one night. And it was the silliest thing. I had gone to eat at Carney's with Cynthia Levin, another comic, after our sets one night. And then after we were done, right before we were leaving Carney's, I was like, let's get one of those frozen chocolate bananas. And it's this big, big banana. It was huge, and it was, like, curved and covered in chocolate. So we go to the comedy store, and and somehow, I don't know how it happened, Cynthia starts chasing me around the comedy store with this big black, you know, Uh (laughs) chocolate banana. Yeah, and I'm laughing. We just think it's so funny. I don't know. You know, we, we just resorted to third grade. We uh-huh. thought it was funny. That's what you do, yeah. And we run through that back room that's between... It's the room that connects the two stairways to the office, to mm-hmm. the uh, belly room. Uh-huh. And connects to that VIP bar and where the kitchen is. And there was a booth there. And Mitzi was on the booth getting her feet massaged. And we ran in and she, you know, we stopped when we saw her. And we're like, oh, hey, Mitzi. And her face, she was just... And so, like, they didn't put me on for two weeks. And the booker told me, oh, you know, Mitzi was really disappointed with your behavior. You know, like, I got scolded Uh for, like, that's just not like you. And that's, that's, I mean, you would have thought, like, I had accosted a... A customer or punched another comedian. But no, I just was getting chased by a chocolate banana. (laughs) (laughs) But it was enough. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But then the band only lasted two weeks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was... uh, I was just kind of surprised. Caught in my tracks for that one. Right. Now, did you start comedy out here? Uh, Yeah. I started comedy. uh, I went to USC... And I was in the school of theater. And so when I was a kid, I always did uh, characters and plays. And I always played the funny character. I always did like impressions. And, uh, but I loved acting and I loved comedic acting. And, you know, ideally, ideally, well, that's not a word. Ideally, I wanted to uh, uh, be, on, uh, be on SNL. Well, that was my dream. I was really just a big fan of Saturday Night Live. Okay. So when I went to USC School of Theater, I always played, always played the comedic role in any play I could. And in high school, I would compete in humorous interpretation, duets, comedy duets, and just how kind of people knew me. And I never took anything really serious. I mean, I took the pursuit of it serious. Uh-huh. And, um... I, after, while I was in college, I started, I was part of an improv troupe on campus that performed every Friday on the lawn in front of the library at USC, and we'd we'd get a big audience. Nice. And so at some point when I graduated 
while I was going to college, I was working an internship at Paramount, and someone told me about the Groundlings. So I started training at like 19 at the Groundlings, and so I would take two classes at night, drive from school, and I just was really green. I had very thin skin, and I was in classes with people like Will Ferrell. He was like a bank teller. You know, it was just... It was nuts. Right. And people were so good. And I thought I was good enough, but the, the teacher, I had one teacher, like I was taught by Mindy Sterling, who's a big comedic actress. And, um, you know, at the time, like Lisa Kudrow was, and Kathy Griffin. These people were all, Chris Kattan, they were all teachers uh-huh. at the Groundlings. And this one teacher I had when I advanced to the lab, the third level, was just so mean to me and brutal. And I think it was just because sometimes I would come in my sorority letters. Yeah, I was in a sorority, which is, don't worry. We were the funny, fat Asian girls. So there was nothing that was popular about us at USC. But we nonetheless, what my sorority letters, probably to her, because she was from the South, probably meant something, you know, snooty or this or that. Uh-huh. And... When I walked in one day with the sorority letters, I remember her going, like, going, oh, you know, my mom was in that sorority. I didn't get in in Alabama. And then from then on, she just saw me as some dumb college kid who was wide-eyed. And I I, I didn't understand, but she wasn't nice to me. So I left the growlings earlier than I should have, but I just couldn't take it. Right. And I would just go home crying, dreading it all. And uh, with time, when I graduated USC, I ended up uh, joining Acme Comedy Theater, which is was the Groundlings competition. Uh-huh. And it's all sketch comedy. And I got part of their B company and just started training with that. And uh, I, I took a stand-up class right away with uh, Judy Carter right after college. But I never did anything with it, you know. Uh-huh. I just Maybe I do stand-up once a year and I go, oh, I'm a stand-up. Uh-huh, yes. But I was really involved in sketch comedy when I realized people weren't really running to the theater to see sketch comedy. It was hard to get audiences in. And even though I really enjoyed it, it just wasn't lucrative for me. And so I just started to go back to stand-up comedy and pursue it. And within a couple of years, that's when I lucked out and got a showcase in front of Mitzi and got some people behind me. And, and that's how. And I just, I never turned back. I've always stayed with it. I've never taken a break from it. You know, I hate when people are like, I took like four years off. <laughs> and then they come back and they become super successful. And I'm like, how'd you take four years off? Like, who takes four? I, I've never even taken, I think, more than a week. Right. And that's only because I was traveling or on a vacation or somebody was sick or, you know, it uh-huh. wasn't because I just decided. I always feel like I need to be up there doing. Yes, I get super grumpy when I don't hold the magic talking stick. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it helps you through things. It and, does. And life in general. I have done some ridiculous rants at open mics where it's not even funny. I'm just like, I need to talk and you guys are here and you're going to look at your phones anyway so I'm just going to talk right now. So did you just get up to do it? You never took a class or you're just like I'm going to I've been watching this enough now I'm going to do it. Well, it was kind of okay, so we watched it and then I fell in love. So anytime John and I would get away, we'd go there. We'd go to the store. Yeah. And then um I John for my birthday, my 32nd birthday, was like I want to do it. I want to try it or 33rd, one of them. And he went and he found an open mic 
which was the haha ha, five dollars five minutes yeah i did five minutes my first set but they made you pay uh-huh they still you still pay oh that's so gross it's ten dollars ten minutes five dollars five minutes are you kidding me no do you know, I haven't been to the ha-ha in years. I never liked the ha-ha, and I don't like that they do that to people. I think that's that's just, it should be first come, first serve. That's the only time I've ever been. So I went. I didn't know any better. I did five minutes. Everybody was like, hey, that's that was your first time. You were super funny. Now, mind you, I'd watched comedy for so long. I was like, I kind of had something. Yeah. And then I didn't do it for like two years. And it was just kind of like my bucket list. And then I was massaging someone, and he's like, you're super funny. And then he got me into a class with Tom Clark. Tom Clark. I haven't heard Tom Clark's so nice. He's such a nice person. Tom's married to Stephanie, right? Yes. Yeah. I just I just did a show with them. Oh, did I hadn't seen Tom Clark in years. And then I finally got to meet Stephanie face-to-face because I had met her on social media, and she'd asked me to do her show. And I was working at the time on a TV show, so I couldn't... It was kind of hard to get away right. early and then get up to, uh, like, Calabasas, where it was. But they're such a lovely couple. They are. And they're both really funny. Both great. And just... I didn't know he teaches, though. He does. He has a 101 and a 102 class. I took them both, and I did my showcases at the Hollywood Improv. And then I did the World's Wittiest Woman Contest at Flappers, and I got second in my night. That's great. And then I kind of, but I would only do it maybe once every month or two. Uh-huh. And then this year, uh, I've told this story. Sorry, guys. Um, so this year, John was like, hey, um, I have your New Year's resolution. And I was like, if you tell me I'm fat, I'm stabbing you with this fork after I eat this cake. (laughs) And he was like, no, you're good. You love it. You enjoy it. You need to start doing more open mics. So this year I've been on stage more than all the years that I've ever Great, great. And it's, I love it. And I just, hopefully, we'll see what happens. Yeah, just, you have to keep on doing. That's the, that's kind of just how it works. And then this year was also the year I started integrating massage into comedy, and it's opened ridiculous doors for me. It's just smart. This is a hilarious yet really intelligent concept, and I I can't believe people would be like, no, I don't want to get a massage. I've had a couple people, not very many, and then some guys get really weird. They're like, hold on, I have to think about it. Like, you just blew my mind. I'm like, okay. Like, it's fine. Like, are you really a massage? Like, yes, I'm certified. I'm licensed. I've done it for 11 years. Have you ever thought, have you ever massaged non-comedians on this show? Or you just do comedians? Not yet, because it's so new. But I would like to get some, I mean, I have a couple people that are like actors that want to do it. Uh I have a porn star who wants to do it. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm super excited because I'm like, I'll take off. She followed me on Instagram once and I got like, 50 followers within two minutes and then lost them within four because then I was like, oh, she's not a porn star. And they were gone quickly. So, and I have a friend who is a transsexual. She's completely converted to a woman. Right. And she's gorgeous. So I have some people that are non. I tried to get Urkel to be on it the other day, but I dorked out on him and Urkel Jalil White from Family Matters no I mean like real Urkel yeah. like I couldn't believe okay he I was like she mean like the real actor played Urkel yeah yeah I didn't know if that was short for Earl Skakel or <laughs> like I was like does he call himself Urkel which is kind of funny <laughs> which is 
kind of fantastic. You're right. That's what I was like. Does Rose Skankle call himself Urkel? No, but okay, but that's what that's what I thought. It needs to happen. Now. I know. Well, I'm I'm supposed to be doing his podcast on my birthday, so I'm gonna I'll sit down tell him i'm sure he's thought of it before he's got to be he said he's gonna be on my podcast but every time i have time he doesn't so. but yeah i was talking to freaking urkel about harry potter and like slipping off the seat because i kept having orgasms because i'm like i'm talking about harry potter with urkel like holy shit <laughs> this is my life and then i'm also i do this podcast and then i chickened out and didn't ask him because i'm like, ah, i'm gonna shut up now well, I bet he would have done it, because what else is Urkel doing? Right? <laughs> he was at I the mean, he's not, he's not busy. Sorry, Urkel, but yeah, he's not busy. I should. I can always ask him. But it was fun. And it was all like Josh Adam Myers, because he got us into the Roxy uh-huh. to massage. So I massaged at the Roxy, and that's where I started meeting all these big people. Right. And I got to massage in the back room at the comedy store, and I was, so I met like Maz Brawny. Is one of the, I'll say right now, Maz Jabrani is the, I will say it, the hardest working comedian alive. I could see. He's also the best smelling comedian. He is the kindest. He is the nicest. He is such a good friend. We started about the same time. Maz Jabrani has continuously helped me. And he has been one out of maybe three. And I know a lot of people. And he is, he's so such a, a, a good person. Tried and true. Not only is he hilarious, but he is, he's just, he's such a dynamic person. And the only other person that worked harder than him in the business uh, was Joan Rivers. Okay. But I will say right now, Maz Jabrani, I don't know anybody who works harder than him. N- nobody. I mean, look at Maz. Maz has a, a best-selling book. He had an excellent movie. He wrote, produced, you know, started. He's been on a thousand TV shows as the lead, uh-huh. you know, and he tours, he tours the world selling out arenas. He has a family. Uh-huh. The guy, I mean, like what doesn't Maz Jabrani do? It's, and he's just, I think the world of him. Oh, I do too. In fact, I kind of told him <laughs> I was massaging him and I'm like, okay, be cool. Don't be Joy. Like, be anybody but Joy right now. And I was super cool, and we were talking, and then he goes, oh my God, Joy, I love you. And I went, I love you too. And I was like, fuck, I was Joy. Man. (laughs) And he, like, kind of laughed. And then, of course, Judd Apatow is standing right next to me. So he looked at me and, like, snorted at me like, oh, you are a nerd. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go now. So why? So they just hired you to work in the back room for what? Was it a show? It was Josh Adam Meyer's show. Uh-huh. So I had him on the podcast, and then now I've been to his house a couple times just to give him regular massages. Uh-huh. And he, I don't know, he believes in me. I guess he has opened so many doors for me. He's amazing. That's nice. And he's like, Joy, you're going to the green room, and you're going to massage at the comedy store. And then I massaged at the Roxy for the goddamn comedy jam. Uh-huh. And he's like, This is Joy. She's awesome. Everybody go to Joy. And so he he's helped me so much. Him and Sandy Danto. I love have, Sandy. Oh, Gosh. Sandy is 
How nice is Sandy? He's amazing. And he was at the goddamn comedy jam. Uh And he did a fantastic job. And they're just so nice to me. And they're like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And I'm like, okay. Like, they're pushing me more than, like, Emily pushes me a lot, too. (laughs) And they're the ones that are like, this is happening. We're going to get you spots. We're going to get you massaging people. This podcast is going to be amazing. And it already is. So... I love them. I love those guys. That's good. I'm glad they're good to you. They are. I've only met a couple that I'm weary of. Go ahead. Spell (laughs) it. Spell the T, girl. Well, Jeff Ross, Uh he was like, I'll be... (laughs) He goes, I'll be on your podcast. (laughs) He, He agreed. Emily was there. He agreed to be on my podcast. And then later on that night, he was walking away. And I'm like, hey, I'll contact you about when. And he goes, you know what? I don't want to be me too so never mind. I'm yeah. Like, I don't want to be me too either. Like, that's not it's, oh, the point of this one. I know that one's passed. Go ahead next. Um, oh, gosh. Who else? Who else has been kind of weird? Fahim, but I think I came off a little terrifying. So... <laughs> I don't see Fahim coming over here and do it like he's nice, but I I don't. Yeah, I think he's he seems um, very practical um, and really nice guy, but he seems the kind of person that uh, you know has to rationalize and uh huh. That's what you know. He's got a he's got a schedule, and I just see him as a I'm not even sure what type like kind of like a Virgo type that somebody that is just organized and they have to see the they have to rationalize right and it may the situation i mean maybe later i can get him like once i'm settled you know and i know like i mean if you were a guy and you asked me to do this i i i'm I'm a really nice person and usually i'm like sure like i'm really bad at telling people no i am too but the thing is is you know there there was a group of you there there were women and there was just a a trust that I had to have with that. But I think coming from the opposite sex, I would have just been like, oh, no way. Right. You know. I could see that. Yeah. And that's why I explained to you. I'm like, listen, I'm not just some crazy person willy-nilly wanting to massage you. I'm like, I And they don't know that. They don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure, you know, with people like Jeff, people must approach all the time. Mm -hmm. They must act crazy. So I guess at at some point you're like... You know, people don't don't necessarily know. And I got lucky. Like, I, Sam Tripoli, I massaged him, and he speaks Sam. ridiculously highly of me because people are like, oh, Sam was telling me how good his massage was. So yeah. that was helpful. You know, I just, and that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm like, just tell people that it's... You are. Tr- I mean, I was like, I was like, my husband would love <laughs> Joy. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find a good masseuse. I, I, listen, I, like I said, I like talking when I'm on the table, which drives... Anybody who's in a couple massage with me drives them crazy. Because <laughs> when I work on like the all gay male cruises, and I usually will go with a gay friend, I'll bring them as my guest, and then I'm like, oh, let's get a couple massage. And then they'll be sitting there crying, and they're like, girl, shut up. You're talking the whole time. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, th- I, I think you're, you're great, and I'm glad that there are people that Sam is. Sam's really loyal. Yes. I- Sam is one of those people. It's like Maz Jabrani. It's someone that. I started with who I just appreciate everything about him. He works hard too. He does. As he's long as he's so 
And he's 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 a good guy. I just I do. I I, I really like Sam. Like his girlfriend walked in while I was giving him a massage, and he was kind of like jumping all over the table. And she just she gave me that look like. I know. I, I know. I love his girlfriend. She's oh, a, my God. She was so nice to me. I could slow dance with her. I, I Every time I see him, I'm like, where's your girl? Where is she? He's like, oh, she's at home. And I was like, why'd you leave her there? Why are you doing this to me? But I just, I, 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 I really appreciate him. Yes. And, I mean, there's been nice people. Like, You're naming some good, nice people. Oh, good. I know. And I, it's, good. It's really cool. Like haven't Wanda, heard about any total cocksuckers in the mix. So no, I mean Wanda Sykes. I'm. She's <laughs> like, I'm gonna come. She's like, I want to do your podcast, and I'm like, of course. And she's like, but I want to interview you, and I'm all, you're Wanda Sykes. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> but I was also. She's also very tiny and kind. Like you. Like I'm like, don't break her. Don't break her. Oh well, it had it take a lot a lot to break me. I'm I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not small. I'm short. Like I'm shrinking, like like a hobbit. I mean, probably the next. I'm gonna be like the lollipop guild next time you see me. But I, I there's, but I would I would never call myself anything. Like I definitely got a bib. I'm a big bone girl. No, you're not. Oh, I am. I am. And then like Jessica Michelle Singleton, she said that she would do it. But she's I like, awesome. I'm like I'm gonna kill you, and she's like that's fine. I'll just go out with joy, and I'm like oh, I I'm, do not want to be the one to kill you. I love Jessica Michelle. There, I mean, it's just so there's so many good people. It's amazing, and all the door guys have been ridiculously nice to us. And all the door guys, because a lot of them don't have insurance, I was like, come on, I'll get you on the massage table so at least you get something, you know? Yeah. Like, let me help you. So, I don't know. It's been fun. I haven't met too many people. Like, Steve Simone, he freaked out when I asked him. He's like, no, no, I don't think I'd like that at all. And I'm like, okay. Well, some people don't like to be right. massaged or touched. Steve, yeah, God, talk about another good-hearted person. Yes. What he does for all the troops and it, it, just someone, really someone I could just gush about as well. Yes, and I told him, I'm like, don't, it's fine. He's like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm like, I still love you. Your comedy cracks me up. My kids, when he comes on Sirius XM, his like Scooter and Larry and stuff like that, uh-huh. the kids love it. They're like, turn it up. They love him. So I'm like, it's fine. Like, you're okay. I'm not going to think poorly of you if you don't want a massage. Some people don't want to be touched. Like, yeah. It's okay. There are a lot of people that I, I have a friend, she just hates massage i'm like how could you hate massage i mean i may be like nervous and uncomfortable like i'm nervous when i'm nude with myself Uh putting others through that it's like i'm sorry (laughs) but in general it's just you know what i really like i like people like i love my best friend she had long nails and when she would used to like scratch my back Mm -hmm. when i was like you know, junior high, it was like, oh, could you, like, we would, we were, the, like, the only two Jews in Oklahoma, and when we go to Temple, I'd be like, oh, could you tickle my arms, and she would always, like, scratch my arm, like, real lightly, and I love that, and I'm one of those people, like, if you have long nails, and you just, like, put, like, a little scrap, I, I don't care if you're a stranger, I'll be like, could you just keep doing that, because <laughs> I always, and I thought, I really wanted to, uh, I talked about this, and some people think I'm crazy, but I wanted to open up like a place called like scratchies or or tickle me and it's just basically people like 
women with like nice nails that just do that across your whole body and yeah. it's not like it's not a massage for people who don't really like to be touched that much or and I, I believe that that's something people are like oh that's so weird who would no. go to that and I'm like I think there would be a place for that a lot yes I've actually And said, if you keep it public, too. It's like, you know, they have a, quote, foot, foot spas, but they're not really foot uh-huh. spas. And, like, you go to a place, and there's four or five tables or chairs or whatever in the room. So it's like, what's going to happen to you if you're lightly tickled in a room full of people? Right. No, I've actually said that's so funny because my husband, he likes tickle scratch. So I have to do that. It's the best. To make him fall asleep. Uh, exactly. When I don't feel well, I'm like, could you please tickle? By the-? Like, I, I, so you believe there is something oh, there. Oh, yeah. And then I've actually said I will hire somebody to tickle scratch John so I can actually get shit done at night. Because he's like, I was almost asleep and you stopped. I'm like, dude, I got shit to do right now. Like, the kids are asleep. It's my time. I had thought of once with the La Jolla a comedy store there was a uh, there was a cocktail waitress there and she had the best she had the best nails and she would come up and start scratching like my back and I'm like oh my god if I ever got to you know this complacent part of my life if you know I ever just started to get real success or money you know instead mm-hmm. of you know a personal assistant I would just hire a tickler yes. and it would just I'd ring the bell and I'd be like tickler you know, that's who I would bring on the road with me. Snap, snap, tickler. Yeah. Well, Somebody who comes and just tickles your neck or your arm or your back or your legs. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, I will grow out my nails for you. <laughs> You're going to be the tickler? You don't have to pay me. Just give me stage Joy. time. <laughs> tickler. I will travel with you. I fit in most overhead compartments. It's fine. You just... <laughs> You, you're great, but no, you're you're an excellent masseuse. You're really good, and I can tell the difference because you know I told you my brother's a chiropractor. Uh huh. I've been to the chiropractor masseuses, and you you got mad skills, lady. Thank you. I appreciate that. I recommend mm-hmm. everybody. Yes. Get to joy. Yes. Oh. Get some joy in your life. That's right. Oh, that's so cheesy. So cheesy. We have a show tonight, and it's called What's in a Name, and my whole set is about joy. Like, I just wrote it on the road here, actually. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to talk about my name for <laughs> however many minutes. But is that what everyone has to do for that show? No. No, but I'm opening, so I figured I might as well. Oh, it's smart. And I've got, you know, like, joy. There's a lot to go on that, so. Well, there's got to be some basis behind you being joy, right? Well, my godmother is, her name's Joy Arlene yeah. Barnett, and then I'm Joy Eileen. Oh, so it ran in the family. Yeah, and then I married her son, so I married my godbrother, which is kind of weird. So, Whoa, rewind, rewind. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, wait, go back. Okay, so my godmother was... Okay, so my mom and my mom's best Best friend. Best friend. Okay. And then I was named after her, and then I married her son. Oh, that's so sweet. It's weird, because we also live next to each other, and so our mailman hates us. Wait, the godmother lives next to you. Yeah. Yeah, well, my mother-in-law now, yeah. I just love that story. (laughs) That's so nice. We call it the compound. It's my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and me. We all have houses, and then there's four apartments. And that's how we live. I was telling them that compound means something very different when you grew up Mormon. <laughs> no, it's no, it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're gonna come to the compound, and I was like, wait, what? 
did this happen? I tell you, those morbid compounds, though, that's where you run if there's an apocalypse. Yeah. They got that shit prepared. Oh, those big temples, yeah. they're ready to go. They're stocked, ready they to roll. Yeah. All, all Mormon houses, pretty much all Mormons have at least a year um, of food stock in their house. Uh, I, I, that's, to plan for the apocalypse. Yeah. Well, I think it's also to go to their planets, you know? All right, my dear. Oh, that was so great. Do you want to just plug social media? Well, I, I have a one-hour comedy special coming out. So oh, this yay. the timing was, was perfect when I ran into your group the other night. Oh, that's was placing your face as I was staring at you and I was like, why? I know I know her from something else and that that is so... Boy, that would have eaten at me if you had not told me that. Now I feel like I can sleep at night. That's good because I was like, should I confess? I'm just going to confess. Like, I'm the pegger. The, I'm the pegger. I'm the pegger. Ugh. It's uh, hilarious that that was such a fun night. I was just afraid you were going to hate me because I took the microphone. I'm like, why I, did I, I do that? No, I, I, I don't hate you. No, you're lovely. You just touched my poor body for an hour, and I'm sorry about that. Yeah, Thank I you. Yeah, loved every minute of Thank it. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I have a one-hour comedy special coming out August uh, 21st, and it'll be on Amazon, and uh, you could get it on iTunes and On Demand and Google Play, Xbox. It's a whole list of platforms that Comedy Dynamics released it on, and, uh, and then the uh, audio will come out August 24th on, name it, SoundCloud, iTunes. It'll be on, uh, you'll hear me finally on Sirius Radio, Pandora. I already have an album out though that that runs on uh, Pandora. But uh, so yeah, I'm super excited, and you can find me at uh, on my website hahachick h a h a c h i c k dot com or at Sean Pulaski, which is really easy to spell. <laughs> so um, just go search for that because there is no other. <laughs> Yay! All right, have a good day. Thank you.